You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. We've been talking about that this changes everything, right? And so I think... That was such a perfect message leading up to camp because I really do feel like I left camp feeling like this changes everything. Like so, so good. I left feeling so full and so proud of you guys and um, so happy just in my own life. Um, Just excited to see what God was doing because my other favorite part about camp was how engaged we were in services and in worship. Like we were the mosh pit worship team. Like coming down front. And so even here at New Song, like that's what we get to continue is just to like live it up in our worship and in our services. And it was so cool to see that at camp and just leaving camp feeling like, man, this changes everything. But some of you may know my story and like I grew up in church. So I have a long history of going to youth camps and, and feeling that same excitement and coming back home and remembering my own leaders telling me that, you know, don't, don't leave camp at camp. You want to bring it back home. You want to keep that excitement going. You want to keep living it up. And I remember as a student being like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm like so excited. God definitely did some things in my life and, and I'm going to continue that on. And I was being honest in that moment, but sometimes like reality would come in and, and inevitably whether it was like the next week or maybe a couple months down the road or whatever it was, inevitably it would seem that like that camp experience faded and then we're back to normal day, everyday kind of life. And so I remember sitting and hearing that and hearing my leaders challenge, don't leave camp at camp, but the reality being so different sometimes. And as I was leaving camp this last week, I just remember you know, really stirring in my own heart, like, God, how do we, we say this, we're encouraging you guys to not leave camp at camp, and, and um, basically what we mean by that for those who didn't get to go to camp is the idea is we want to just have this awesome experience with God, where we're striving, and we're, we're um, pushing forward, and we're, we're really diving deep in our relationship with God to the fullest, which is what happens a lot at camp. And so that's what we're saying. We want to come back and bring that and, and continue in that. So how do we actually make that happen? Because sometimes it seems like we forget it so easily. And so just really that was the question that was kind of stirring in my heart. And I just feel like I think the reason so many times we slip back into old patterns and we don't stay on those like mountaintop experiences is because we kind of don't understand. Like we don't understand the power of the ordinary and we don't understand the power of the extraordinary. I think sometimes we have this understanding and this definition of what those two things look like and how they play out in our life. And I don't actually think they match up a lot of times with what God is saying. For instance, in our definition of um, ordinary, it says this, the usual, routine, typical, common quality, the regular or customary condition or course of things, commonplace, standard, normal order of events. That's how the dictionary defines ordinary. The dictionary also talks about extraordinary as being very unusual or remarkable, 
outside the normal course of events, beyond what is usual, regular, or established, noteworthy. So maybe you're like me and, and you kind of start talking about, okay, here's my ordinary life and then here's like these extraordinary moments. Whether it's like with God and it's like this crazy experience like at camp or maybe something like really that we look forward to like every year like Christmas, which is hands down the best holiday, right? And it's like these just like really good moments in your life and you're always like wanting to strive to be in those feelings in that space, right? So we have ordinary moments and we have extraordinary moments. And when we like talk about them and look over the definition of the two, in my mind anyway, the more and more I think about it, I almost turn ordinary into like a negative. Like it's somehow less than extraordinary. It's not desirable. It's kind of bad, right? But I think instead of it being like one or the other, I actually think God has a different definition. And it's something I want to call like extraordinary, which sounds like the same word. But It's because I think God, instead of it being one or the other, ordinary versus extraordinary, I think God has a process in it. And with God involved, he takes ordinary and makes it extraordinary. And so it's this process that I think God is inviting us into in our lives. And he's asking us to step into this space so that our lives can truly be extraordinary. And this is where I think we mess up a lot of times. I think we're either on one of three areas. Either we're experiencing our life and it is just ordinary. Like it's just basic. We're just doing day-to-day, everyday kind of living, right? Then where I think most of us land is in the middle, where we have our everyday life and then sprinkled in are these mountaintop camp-like experiences where, like, we have these really cool moments with God or we have this really cool um, relationship that we're like, yes, I was, like, a really good Christian in that relationship. Like, I did something good for God. Like, check mark on that point. Like, we have these special moments we can look to, but for the most part, our everyday life is just kind of ordinary. But I think there's this third way that God is inviting us into, and that's that extraordinary space where we can daily have these extraordinary moments with God in our life. And we don't have to settle for just moments of it. We don't have to wait until next year at camp to experience those same things. We can have it on a random Wednesday night at New Song Students. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Sound good? If not, well, that's what we're going to talk about. I don't got nothing else, so. So we're going to look at a couple different stories to kind of talk about this because Maybe you're like me, and I will listen to a sermon, and I'm like, oh, that was so good. So, so good. And then another thought will come in. It'll be like, but maybe that doesn't apply to me. Like, maybe that's only for certain people, like special people or like the super Christians. They get those things, but not me. And because I have that thought, then I start making, like, exceptions to the rule, and I'm like, for some reason, God's not going to use me in that area, or that's not going to happen for me because I'm not this super Christian. But this is not that message, okay? This message is for everybody. So that's why we're going to look at all these examples in the Bible because there are so many, so many examples that talk about this process of God using ordinary to make it extraordinary. And what I love about the examples we're going to talk about is you're going to see different kind of people, different situations, different events, different outcomes. And so 
it covers everything. So it's not certain people. You don't have to have certain situations going in. So that means anybody in this room, anybody who's ever labeled themselves as ordinary, labeled their situation as ordinary, that means you qualify because your story is the same thing, okay? So also, Pastor Jackson talks about here at New Song that we do chunky Bible verses, right? So I have a hard time. Like when I'm sitting down and I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I just got to get like a really good story to talk about this. But it's so hard to choose sometimes because they all apply. And Eman's laughing because he's like, that's my personality. Sometimes I'm like a talker too much and I'm just like blabbing on and on. But I'm actually going to go ahead and like jump into that characteristic trait because like I just said, I think it's going to serve a point of just seeing how much this happens in the Bible. And I think God lets it come back into the Bible time after time after time to tell us it's not these special moments. They're all ordinary that God wants to walk us through. So that means any Wednesday night can be extraordinary. We don't have to wait for camp next year to experience it again. We can keep it going and we can keep experiencing this new space of extraordinary, okay? So the very first time we see this process of God showing up And changing ordinary to extraordinary is right at the beginning in Genesis chapter 2. God uses very ordinary dust and he makes man. Very ordinary and suddenly an extraordinary thing, right? Who would have thought like a man would come from dust? That's insane. So then the next thing we see is in Exodus chapter 3. We see a very ordinary man. He's living in the desert. He's been living there for about 40 years walking around, hanging out, which that would not be, like, the location I would choose to live in because it's a little bit too hot for me, and, like, outside today is too hot, so desert life is not going to work. But Moses, who is our ordinary guy in this story, he's living in the desert right now, and so every day looks the same for these 40 years. He's waking up, he's getting dressed, he's brushing his teeth, he's trying to, to... where what would be comfortable in desert living. And then he has to do his job, which is tending a flock. And so he's going to walk these um, sheep or goat or whatever he had around the mountain until he can find them a pasture or some water that they can get refreshment from. Every day looks the same for him. It's been 40 years, same day after same day, ordinary day after ordinary day, when all of a sudden something extraordinary happens. And this is a story we talk about a lot in New Song. Um, He suddenly sees something really crazy, and he sees a bush that's burning but not consumed, right? Crazy. And it's in this moment that God steps in, and he changes an ordinary man into an extraordinary man who has an extraordinary calling on his life. Ordinary became extraordinary. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see another story of this. It's been 40 days this time that the Israelites, they're fighting this enemy. So the Israelites are on this mountain, and then their enemy, the Philistines, are on this other mountain. 
And the Philistines have this like mascot or this leader that he's a giant and his name is Goliath. And every day is like the same day before. For 40 straight days, the same thing happens. Goliath wakes up in the morning. He comes down his side of the mountain and, and meets in the middle. It's basically like you guys are the Philistines. You guys are the Israelites. And Goliath's going to come right here in the middle. And Goliath starts talking to the Israelites. He starts taunting them. He's like, I'm big. I'm bad. I can kill you. I can kill your mama. I can kill your mama's mama. I can kill God. Like, I got you all. No one can beat me. I'm too big. I'm too bad. And the Israelites believe him. Like, no one is stepping up. No one wants to take on the challenge of fighting Goliath. And so day one happens. Goliath goes back on his mountain, and the fight continues. Day two, same thing happens. No one steps up. Day three, all the way to day 40. Day after day after day, ordinary day just like the one before it. But there's an ordinary boy at home, and he's not even old enough to be invited to the battle. So that's why he's chilling at home tending to some some sheep. Say that five times fast. (laughs) Um, And then his father sends him on an errand to go check up on his older brothers, to go feed them some food and see, you know, how they're doing in this battle. So this ordinary boy named David shows up, and that's when he sees Goliath on day 40 coming and, and, and taunting Israel, just like every day before. But this time, David stands up, and he's like, you're not going to talk to God like that. You're not going to challenge him like that. So uh, we're not, we're not going to have this. And so an ordinary boy suddenly becomes an extraordinary giant killer, and he picks up an ordinary rock, and suddenly the rock becomes an extraordinary weapon. Ordinary becomes extraordinary. In Luke chapter 5, there's a group of ordinary fishermen by the name of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Their whole life, every day looks the same. They get up, they talk to their family, eat a bowl of cereal, and then head out the door and go fishing. And then they call it a day, go to sleep, Next day, wake up, eat a bowl of cereal, go fishing. Every day looks the same until one day Jesus walks on the scene and suddenly these ordinary men become extraordinary disciples and they get a calling on their life. Ordinary becomes extraordinary. Luke chapter 6 tells us of a really ordinary man so ordinary that literally the only thing we know about him is that he goes to church every Sabbath and he has a withered hand. So his hand's like this, like all crumpled up and stuff. That's all we know about him. So his life, from what we know, is the same week in, week out. Every Sunday he comes to church. He sits in the same seat. He listens to the same pastor, speak the same ordinary message, and nothing changes. Ordinary day after ordinary day after ordinary day. Until one day, Jesus shows up to that church. And in this church service, suddenly it becomes extraordinary. And that man's hand is healed and straightened. Ordinary becomes extraordinary. John chapter 6 tells us of an ordinary day where people were gathered to hear Jesus preach. And an ordinary need pops up. The people get hungry. It's after church. The pastor's gone on a long, long time, and they're hungry. And so they look around, and they find an ordinary boy there who has an ordinary sack lunch. But his lunch is just the size of a Lunchable compared to how many people are there. So, like, that's not good. But 
God steps up, Jesus takes that Lunchable, and in his hands, that ordinary meal becomes an extraordinary miracle. Ordinary becomes extraordinary. In Acts chapter 2, we see a group of ordinary believers in the upper room who were just being obedient. They just had like a life um, impacted by God. So they were leaving their camp-like experience. And now they have the instructions from Jesus to wait for even more extraordinary things to come through the Holy Spirit. But they're in the waiting period right now, the ordinary, everyday moments. They're in this upper room praying and waiting, praying and waiting, praying and waiting. But suddenly, the Bible talks about um, a sound like a rushing mighty wind comes in. And what once were ordinary people are now extraordinary as they are given the power of the Holy Spirit. And they start speaking in languages that previously they couldn't speak in. And in that group, there's an ordinary disciple who was previously so afraid to stand up for his faith that he couldn't even tell three people that he was a follower of Jesus. And now he has this extraordinary power on his life, and he gets up in front of 3,000 people and leads them to salvation. Ordinary became extraordinary. We could go on and on and on tonight about different examples in the Bible where God does this process of changing ordinary to extraordinary. But the point is, is that all, like the only difference between the ordinary and extraordinary is a moment with God. What became extraordinary started from a place of ordinary. It was just an ordinary day, an ordinary person, an ordinary thing, and then suddenly it became extraordinary. And so the whole reason we care about that at all is that means we are in line for that. Anything that we have ever given the title of ordinary to, whether you consider yourself an ordinary person, whether you think your abilities are ordinary, whether you think your, your week schedule looks just like an ordinary week, whatever the situation is, if you would give it a title of ordinary, that means if God shows up, it can become extraordinary. But all of that sounds super good, super like, woohoo. But that also still leaves me back to the first question, right? Like, sounds good, but how in reality do we, like, make sure that that happens? How do we ensure we get to actually live that out where it's not just something we say we can happen, but something that actually does happen? And I think um, how we do that is one of three things. The first thing is we have an expectation. So I think a lot of times and for us to have an extraordinary experience or an extraordinary life, we have to expect it. There's a thing in science called like the placebo effect. Basically what that is, it, for example, like a doctor would give you a pill and be like, if you take this pill once a day for a whole week, your blood pressure is going to improve. And so in this study, they'll follow a patient and he'll do that. And sure enough, his blood pressure improves. But what they then give the information, the patient insight, is that that pill actually wasn't a medical pill. It was just sugar. But that person, what studies have shown is that the mind can believe things so much sometimes that your body will follow suit. 
So it's the same thing. It's, so I'm not saying like you fake it and you create this fake experience. But what I'm saying is you open your eyes. You open your eyes to allow God to move into a situation and create an extraordinary um, experience. So you set your expectation. And how we do that, I think back to David and the story with the um, Goliath. That was not his first battle. David had an experience where he had relied on God to defeat a bear and a lion. And so now when he faces this new enemy of Goliath, he's not scared because he has an expectation that God met me then and he helped me then and he did an extraordinary thing then. So this is no different. He can do something now. So for us who went to camp, we have an experience we can draw from that God had an extraordinary time with us at camp. So I expect that he can do it again today. Maybe you feel like you don't have that experience to draw from. We just went over a lot of different examples in the Bible. So even if you could honestly sit there and say, like, you have never seen God move in your life, God was willing to to hold himself so much to this that he just filled the Bible with multiple examples of him coming in to ordinary people, ordinary situations, so you can hold him to that. You can say, you wrote this for all of history to stand the test of time, and you claimed that back then you did this. So I expect you can do it today. We can stand on an expectation because we can draw from experiences, and when we expect things, that's how we see extraordinary lives. I think the second thing we have to do is release your ordinary This kind of goes back to our first point of the expectation. I think sometimes on the counter, instead of expecting for extraordinary, we actually expect for ordinary. We look at our situation, and all we can see is ordinary. We don't think there's anything that can come of it. We don't see ourselves always having these mountaintop experiences or being like a mountaintop kind of person. And so we we just label it as ordinary, and we consider it bad. I think back to the the boy with the sack lunch. You know, the reality of his situation was there was no way his little fish and and some bread were going to feed 5,000 men. And that was just men. So that means there are also women and children there. So multiply that by three. That's really how many people were fed that day. Way more than 5,000. So the reality of his situation was his little meal was not going to do anything. Even if he was generous and he shared it with the person sitting next to him, that really didn't affect the need. It helped one person, but the reality, without God, his lunch would have done nothing. And so he could have honestly not offered that. And we couldn't have gotten mad at him. That would have been realistic to do, right? But He was willing to not give it the title of ordinary and not to judge it for himself, but just to release it to God. And when God got a hold of it, when Jesus touched it, that very ordinary meal became extraordinary. I wonder how many times in our life, like, God is sitting waiting to do something extraordinary in your life, with you, in this youth ministry. But we just have discounted things because we're like, oh, it's just an ordinary Wednesday. Just going to show up just like every Wednesday before, nothing special is going to happen. Or uh, just an ordinary day at school, nothing, you know, I'll go to all my classes and then go home and and take a nap. Like nothing crazy is going to happen. 
but we're so quick to give the title of ordinary that we just discount it. But all the examples we just talked about, God did something extraordinary from ordinary. So the very thing you're discounting is what God could be using and wanting to use to do something extraordinary in your life. We have to be willing to release our ordinary. I think the third thing that we have to do if we really want to see extraordinary lives is we have to pursue Jesus. All of these examples from going from ordinary to extraordinary, the thing they had in common was Jesus. It was God was the key. When God stepped on the scene, when Jesus came, that's when ordinary went to extraordinary. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The thing I really like about that verse is it doesn't just say like, like it's a hide and go seek thing. Like, yeah, if you seek me, you'll find me. Yeah, logical. But it adds like this end part that says, when you do it with all of your heart. So when we want an extravagant life, we have to search after the key, which is Jesus. But we can't just search after him any old way. We have to search after him extravagantly. We have to search after him extraordinarily. So what that looks like is in worship. Just like we did at camp where we were like fully engaged, where no one had to tell you, hey, go up to the front. But you guys just reacted. That's what we have to do here. Even if no one else in the room does, you want the extraordinary life. So you're the first one down here. You're giving him your all. You're lifting up both of your hands. You're not just staying in this zone. You're like fully clapping. You're, if you have something heavy on your heart, you're fully giving that to God. Like you're crying it out. You're laughing, you're jumping, you're singing as loud as you can, even if you can't sing, because it's not about you. It's about like extravagantly and extraordinarily loving God and pursuing him because that's what you want in your life. It looks like coming to church, not just when it's convenient, not just when you don't have anything else going on, but because you know that is where God is. And if God is the key, then I need to be where he's at. It looks like when you're reading your Bible that you don't just read it just to check off the, the box, but you're reading it because you're like, Jesus is the key. And Jesus is literally in the Bible. Like when you're reading it, you are reading him. You're reading about him. He's all through it. And so when you sit down to read it, you're like, where is Jesus in this moment? I have to find him. I have to find him because he's the key. When you pray, you're not just listing off the things you need and going on, or you're not just regurgitating words just for the sake of it, but you're being honest and you're being real in your prayer and you're, you're not hiding behind really fancy words. You're just talking to him, but you're talking to him with everything that you have and you're recognizing that it's a conversation. So you talk and then you leave space for him to talk. You don't just talk and then run right? If we do those things, if we pursue Jesus extraordinarily, then that's how we have those extraordinary lives. So if we do all three of those things, if we have an expectation, if we release our ordinary, and if we pursue Jesus, we can have that. But it's not just have it for a moment, like once a year when we go to camp that's great. That's good. It was such a good week. I loved it. But if that's all, then we're missing out on so much more. 
Like God has so much more. He didn't just give you that week just to give you a present to make it last till next year. It was the starting point. It was to keep going and keep diving in. The Bible talks about that. Um, He has come to give us life and life more abundantly. He didn't say, I came to give you a moment. He said a life. And it wasn't just any life. It was an abundant life. That is what God is inviting us into. He's inviting us into a space of extraordinary living. Not for moments, but for a life. If you guys want to stand, we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll go into small groups tonight. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are an abundant God. And so you're not just satisfied with ordinary. You're not just satisfied with ordinary, with sprinkles of extraordinary. But God, you want a full, abundant, extraordinary life for us. I thank you that you're willing to use anything, though, to get us there. God, I pray that where we've settled tonight, that you would just call those things out of us. That during small groups, you would provide the opportunity and the space just to push us further. To push us further in a relationship with you. To just iron out the things that we've discounted. The things that we're holding on to in replace of you. God, I pray basically that you would just make us hunger for you more. God, I pray that what was spoken tonight, God, that you would honor your word, that it would not return void, that I would do what it was sent to accomplish, Lord, and that you would do so much better than I could, and you would make it a seed that is planted and watered, God, and I just thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray.